Ready? Go. Hey everyone, it's Heather Whaley. Frank Whaley over here. This is episode 50. Episode 50. The big 5-0. This is it. Today is Wednesday, September 30th. And how many seasons have there been? This is the third season. This is the last episode of the third season. So tomorrow starts season four. Possibly. Possibly. I haven't decided yet. We're still in contract uh, negotiations. You, yeah. You, you, yes. You know, and, you know, I, I need a certain, I need us to get to a certain number. And if we can't get to that number, then. Well, we have a Zoom meeting with the home office in Wisconsin at 6.15 p.m. this evening. And that is our final negotiate, negotiation. I don't know what you're talking about. There is no Zoom meeting with anyone because there is no office. Frank. Anyway, we may or may not be with you tomorrow. You can all stay up all night and hold a vigil. Yeah. What a shit show last night. That was like insane. Oh, my God. Are you talking about the dinner you made? I'm talking about the debate. You didn't watch it. We watched it, and we were just, at first, screaming with how much Donald Trump kept interrupting him. It was so annoying. Just never shut up, that guy. And when Because by shit show, you could also be referring to the color guard situation. No, that's over and done. That's right. all. That's in the mail. It's shipped and sent. That shit show is closed. But... Then when Joe Biden finally said, shut up, man, would you shut up, man? I was like, yeah. And then it made me think, remember when he was like chasing Hillary Clinton around the stage in back of her, like weird, yes, like lurking behind her? Yeah. And I wanted at the time her to turn around and be like, what the hell are you doing? Back up. And she says in her book that she wanted to do that, but she felt she couldn't because being a woman, it would be perceived as super aggressive or something like that. Right. And it's funny because a lot of people were criticizing Joe Biden for saying that. But I thought, I was glad that he said that. What do you think about that? Um, I saw the, I didn't watch the debate because it's just too stressful to me, even though not watching the, the debate, I was just lying in, on the floor trying to meditate and, and try to shut, shut out the whole world for 90 minutes. Even, it's, I was still stressed out. But um, I'm glad he said that. I wish he. I wish he would have. You know, I, I think the man conducted himself very well. Here, here's the bottom line: Trump couldn't win a debate against a damn billy goat. He knows it, right? So his strategy, which I believe is planned, was and is to sabotage the debates and the election. He wants and the election wants, decided in the Supreme and he, Court. And he wants to sabotage. He doesn't want to run against Joe Biden because he knows he cannot win. He knows he doesn't have the votes. He knows that people are disgusted by him and for them, by and large. And he, he, he can't win. He knows this now. He knows. And so his only response, strategy, plan is to try to sabotage the whole thing, cheat and win that way. And so... These debates are a waste of time. No matter what they make the rules, he'll, he'll, he won't abide by them, and, and that's his thing. So, But the other thing is that, you know, everybody keeps talking about what he said about the Proud Boys stand by. And, I mean, that's insane because they immediately started putting that on all of their social media, and they sewed patches on their T-shirts or whatever. You can get the T-shirt on Amazon right yeah. now. Amazon. And 
the, Did I mention the, Amazon has a T-shirt? But the thing is, that's not new. He's always liked those guys. He right. has loved Nazis since he was a baby. Why would anybody be surprised by that remark that he made? Why would anybody try to defend that remark that he made? He said the same thing in, after Charlottesville. He, yeah, he loves the white supremacist groups. He loves the hate groups. Because so they long love as they him. Like him. If they like him, he likes them. He's totally down with that. That's right. He is a white supremacist, and so he is totally on board with all of that. Trump's but, father was a proud member of the KKK. But the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, Heather. The thing is, he, his supporters also aren't going to care that he said that because they didn't care about it in 2016. I'm sure there are some people who, I mean, maybe they they weren't paying attention in 2016 and they didn't know when he was, you know, having all those Nazis at his rallies and stuff like that. You and I were at a rally um, protesting outside of a Trump rally at Sacred Heart University in 2016. And these dudes showed up in their like camo shorts. And then they unrolled this huge banner that said diversity equals white genocide. And, right they, were ready, and they were ready to start kicking everybody's ass. They wanted to kick everybody's ass. On to fight. And then uh, there were just families Families like all dressed up for the Trump rally, holding hands and smiling and little girls skipping, holding her, their dad's hand right by the Nazis. Yeah. They don't care. They don't. They have already made up their minds. None of it matters. Only thing you can do is vote, 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 like Joe said last night. Vote, vote, vote. Um, let's talk about Don Trump Jr. Oh, Jesus. I'm going to play, some, play something here. Okay. Um, this is, this is um, my, my definition of cocaine abuse. Uh, you see, you know, I'm not so worried about the two hours of a debate or a 90-minute debate. I'm worried about the other 22 hours of the day where Joe seems to struggle, where he's on a teleprompter. I mean, he hasn't had to campaign the same way. I mean, I know people, honestly, George, running for a first-grade-class president that have spent more time campaigning than Joe Biden has for president of the United States. He's been doing debate prep for the last two months. That's presumably what he's been doing when he doesn't have to be on the road. But again, when you have a mainstream media that he'll sort of let him get away with that to not answer questions, you know, that's difficult. So I think Joe Biden should do fine. He's been doing this for a very, very long time. This should be his happy place. So we'll see what happens. But, you know, I, I don't know. I think my father's got to be my father because that's what he is. And that's why he's delivering results rather than repeating the same mistakes of people who have been career politicians. Don Jr., thanks very much for your time tonight. That was, okay. that Imagine was 46 if you... consecutive second, seconds of a man not stopping, not pausing. Can you imagine that if is... he was next to you at a party? If you were like... If he like cornered you at a party and he was saying all that stuff to you like that, you would be like, Jesus, Christ, get this guy away from me. He, he's on the most potent blow and, during that clip. And, and they, they have the nerve to uh, accuse Biden of taking drugs. Biden was so laid back. I mean. I mean, and, but that guy, like every time you see him, he's on something so obvious obvious and apparent that he's a drug addict and his father's a drug addict. I mean, are we ever going to find out all this stuff? Like also when Trump at the end of the debate, when he grabbed Melania, did you see that how he grabbed her hand? He was like yanking on her arm. Are we ever going to find out what's going on there? It's drug abuse. No, right. My firm belief is that both Trump's, Don, probably all of them, who knows how deeply it runs. But I think I think one thing that's largely true is that last night's performance by Trump Sr. I mean, it's clear to anyone who has any knowledge uh, uh, of the of the subject. 
he was on something. Now, yeah. whether it's, they say, whether it's Adderall or um, a combination of things or just simply cocaine, that, that was unmistakable to me. And that grabbing of the arm and like that sort of hyperkinetic behavior is par yeah. for the course with cocaine. It's yeah. par for the course. And the same thing with Don Jr. Like that. I mean, he could have gone on for another three minutes if George, George Stephanopoulos' eyes were rolling back in his head. He was talking so fast. Oh, That's my coke. God. Speaking of which, let's take a little pause. I didn't want to imply there that we were pausing to, to go do cocaine. I right. think it might have sounded that way. I said, speaking of which, mm-hmm. let's say I, I, that was meant as a, as, a, you know, as a joke. I don't want to give anybody in our audience the, the impression that you are doing cocaine, Heather. No. The, the, what we actually did during that break is uh, just sit here and then start talking again. Not to, you know, give away the, the magic, destroy the magic of the podcasting. Hey, it's International Podcast Day, Frank. Sometimes, though, we do, when we, when we pause, we do make love. So, so some of you out there may be wondering what we do during the commercial break. Sometimes we make love. Go on, Heather, what were you saying? I was saying it's International Podcast Day. Hashtag International Podcast Day. Does that mean we're getting paid? And you know how many people like gave us a shout out for International Podcast Day? If you tell me zero, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna track down your collar guard and eat it. Well I hate to tell you that you better be hungry because nobody. Nobody. You know that I, I don't wanna scold members of the audience, but damn you you didn't have a second today to reach out to whoever and say, podcast of the day, and shout out, damn you. I was really sad to hear that Mac Davis died last night. Very, very sad. I was, for some reason, when I was like eight, nine years old, I was a huge Mac Davis fan. I loved Mac Davis. I remember my mom waking me up in the middle of the night to tell me that he was on The Tonight Show, that I could get out of bed and come watch Mac Davis. And there was a, like a talent show day at the end of maybe fifth grade. And in fifth grade, I didn't really have any friends at all. And for that talent show, I did a lip sync and a whole choreographed routine to the Mac Davis song, Poor Boy Boogie. And you probably don't know that song, but I'm going to tell you, look up that song right now. And picture me at age like nine with zero friends dancing and lip syncing to Poor Boy Boogie by Mac Davis. Wow. Who was your favorite singer when you were, when you were that age? Um, probably Tom Jones, who was in, sort of in the Mac Davis family. Yeah. Um, that's, I wish we could track down that tape. Um, of me doing that? Yeah. Oh, my God. It It was like I could describe the dance. I could probably do the dance for you. It was like a shuffling. I would like standing on one leg and sort of hop shuffle. Yeah. To each side and then like back, like back it up and then walk forward. And then uh, and then there was like a like a knee slapping, like a hopping knee slapping. You'll if you hear that song, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Like like a like a kind of a farmer would yeehaw slap on their knee. It sounds, it sounds like an epileptic fit. It, it makes perfect sense to me that I didn't have any friends. 
But but I remember what there was like a one of the like the popular boys was sitting right in front and he was laughing, but I could tell he was laughing because it was genuinely funny and he wasn't just laughing at me. And that made me really happy. You you can't be sure though, because I think just from what you described, the moves that you did, slapping the knees and shuffling on one foot and stepping up and stepping back. I think it's entirely possible that people were laughing at you. Right, but I was trying to be funny. I wasn't trying to be a good dancer. I was doing like a really goofy dance to this Mac Davis song, which I that I always thought was kind of funny. So it was meant to be goofy dance. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because it also sounds a lot like the way you dance now. Uh, it's way more extreme. Way more extreme. Wow. That's that's pretty extreme because the dances that I've seen, I've witnessed, are pretty. They're pretty fancy. I don't dance in public anymore because my family has shamed me. Won't do it. Won't do it. Well, um, R.I.P. Mac Davis. Yeah. Thanks for all the music, Mac. You have one super fan that's going to, going to miss you. Yeah. Uh, you want to hear a letter? Sure. This is Dear Heather, and then in parentheses, and Frankie. They, Did you ever think that you would marry somebody that looked like Mac Davis? And you, if so, how disappointed are you? Because uh, I'm like the opposite. Mac Davis was like a, like a man's man. He was super, super handsome, and he was salt of the earth, and he had that curly hair and big, big, huge balls. He had big balls? Had, what? Are you serious? What, what are you talking about? He had big balls. Okay. Everybody knows. That Mac Davis had enormous balls. What are you talking about? All right. The next time you have a minute, Google search Mac Davis. Look at his midsection. He always wore tight jeans, known for accentuating accentuating the balls. Well, I've looked up Mac Davis balls, and it's... It, well, there's pictures of Mac Davis, but I don't see I don't see what you're talking about at all. Okay. Well. Oh my gosh. Anyway, I feel I feel I feel weird now. I feel uncomfortable. Well, he had huge balls. Oh God. Some people say that's why he he was so successful. Maybe that's why I liked him when I was eight years old. That's just intuitively weird. I was drawn to his balls. That's weird. But he, people say that's what made him such a good singer. Oh, do they really? No, nobody yeah. says that. Nobody says that. There's no correlation. Dear Heather, and then in parentheses, and Frankie, thank you for your podcast. I got turned on to it by my mom, actually. Aunt Frankie? And Frankie. Oh. By my mom, actually, and she told her entire book club, so spreading the word in AZ, Arizona. Oh, I was wondering, AZ, AZ, yeah, in AZ. I think it's AZ. Uh, I mean, I, I assume it's AZ is Arizona. Um right. Then she says, Heather, what is your secret to staying in your current relationship? Or did you, you leave something out or it just goes there? It just, it's like a oh. space and then it goes to this question. Okay. Um, Heather, what is your secret to staying in your current relationship? You always, you always on the tip of the spectrum while your husband seems to be a Wait, bit of a fuddy-duddy. These, these are actual typos. Love him, you though. always on? Yeah, it's like a typo. Oh, my God. You always on, and I don't know what top of the spectrum means. Uh, like, like the spectrum. Keep going. That's it. And then it says, while your husband seems to be a bit of a fuddy-duddy. Love him, though. Wait, well, hold on. Go back. I don't, I'm, I'm confused. 
Go back to the typo section. I, I interrupted you and I, I didn't hear it. Heather, Sorry. what is your secret to staying in your current relationship? You always on the top of the spectrum while you're... Yeah. Okay. I don't know what's... I don't, what's the spectrum? I'm on the top of the spectrum. Like the autism spectrum? What spectrum am I, am I on? And I'm on the top of it? I, I feel like know. in a spectrum, you don't want to be on either end. You want to be sort of in the middle. And then she goes on Unless to, it's like intelligence. So she's wondering how you're staying in your current relationship, which I re- assume she's referring to as your marriage of almost 20 years. Yeah. She called okay. you a fuddy-duddy. She loves you, though. How do you know? Because Sound- it says, love him, though. Oh, okay. Well, so here's what I, I guess I, you, that's for you. I don't, this is not a question for me. This is a question for you. How do you stay in your current relationship? Being on the top of the spectrum while being married to somebody who's at the bottom of the spectrum? Who's the, no, who's a fuddy-duddy. Oh, a fuddy-duddy. Oh. Yeah. You know, I'm getting the, I'm getting the feeling here because a lot of these letters, these, these uh, emails that we get are sort of veiled. They're not veiled. They're, like, that was a straight-up insult. Yeah, they're sort of, they sort of say, you're, you're great. What are you doing with this idiot and stuff like that? And I, I, is it, I mean, is, it, is this a trend? Does people think this is... This is funny because, hey, look, it doesn't bother me, all right? Because, hey, because she's, at the end of the day, she's coming home with me. This is from uh, Kirsten. I want to say, Kirsten, I'm going to assume that you said this purposely to rile Frank up. Oh, I'm fine. I'm not yeah, riled up. I think that, I think this was like, oh, my God, I'm going to write, I'm going to write something and they're going to read it and it. It's going to be a funny thing. Look, look, I know, I'm well aware. Look, I, I've said it before. I, no one can judge old Frankie boy harsher than old Frankie boy. I know I'm a fuddy-duddy. You're not a fuddy-duddy. Oh, I am. No, a fuddy-duddy is like... What is a fuddy-duddy? A fuddy-duddy, I would think of fuddy-duddies like, a, like someone who doesn't do anything fun. Someone who's just blah, not fun. Well, I've been accused of that by you. No, never. Oh. You don't like to do things, but you're fun. You're funny. You're always a good person to talk to and hang out with, but you don't like to go anywhere and do stuff like, like I mean, um, like with other people. Right. Well, I don't think that makes me a fuddy-duddy. I think right. that makes me slightly antisocial, and I'm not really, I, I don't feel like, I don't feel like I have much to offer people. But that's crazy. I know. Well, that is crazy. Yes, I know it is. You've got a lot to offer people. Well, perhaps that may be. But the fact is, like most people, they can just, they, they, like I've always felt from the very beginning of my, of my adult life that I had to like entertain people, you know? And right. like, that's why I was always trying to be the life of the party. And, and we were talking about this the other day. Since we left, I think there's a direct correlation between uh, my leaving New York City and my fuddy-duddy level raising, rising. You need to be interacting with more people and sort of being performing. Well, maybe I I just think I'm not in the mood for it anymore. You know, I don't want to be around. Yeah, you know what? I am a fuddy-duddy and you are on the spectrum. So the secret to our relationship uh, I mean, I, I mean, we've talked about this before. I don't know. We get along. Well, but also, you know, Sometimes. I, I know how to, I know how to, um, navigate. Um, what's this woman's name that asked this question? Kirsten. Kirsten. I'll tell you from my point of view, I navigate my way around the, the spectrum, so to speak of Heather. I have to stay out of her way. I mean, 
People ask me all the time, who wears the pants in your family? Nobody asks you that. And I always say, well, Heather. And You don't in, see anyone. So it would be like one of the kids asking you that? And basically, Heather has laid down a few ground rules, full, full disclosure, between the hours of noon and four o'clock each day, approximately, she tells me that I have to, quote, stay out of her hair, unquote, which means I am not allowed to be around. I'm, she's sort of the Ellen DeGeneres of this house. Okay. She's like, people can, I can't, I'm not allowed to look her in the eye. I'm not allowed to speak. She wants quiet. You're giving me all the, an idea, though. I think I would like that. I'm, what did you say? 12 to 4? Approximately. Okay, so from, I, I have never said that before, but I'm saying it now. From 12 to 4, I need you to stay out of my hair. Okay. Oh, my God, I'm so excited. Well, Kirsten, see what you've done. Kirsten, uh, thanks for the letter. Yeah, thanks for nothing. Um, and this is, as we said, this is episode 50. So this is the end of season three, the end. And we, so we go on hiatus? You, uh, is this where we see pictures of you and I on, on Just Jared and like um, uh, parts of Mexico and uh, at resorts, you in your little bikini, me and me and my swimmer trunks? Yeah, we're going to go to uh, Cabo. Yeah, that's what I was trying to think of. The yeah, Cabo. that's where they all go. Yeah. Uh, no, we'll be right here probably I don't tomorrow. Most people go to Cabo during the during the. I think it's corona, nice. coronavirus, but I oh. mean, yeah. How do they get there? I mean, what, what planes are they on? I'm sure they're not flying Spirit Airlines down there. I what, don't what, know. Private jets. Uh, yeah, celebrities. Yeah. Maybe they're driving. No, they're not driving. Drive down through like Tijuana. Um, so for season four, are we going to change it up? Are we going to do big things? New big new. Changes coming in season four, Frank? Well, I know if it's between the hours of 12 and 4, I can't be here. So you'll have to have a, a guest host. No. And I'm sticking to that. It won't be between 12 and 4. Okay. Well, then if anything that happens to happen between 12 and 4, you're on your own, kid, because I'm out of your hair. Thanks uh, to Kirsten or Kirsten, whatever her name is, and AZ. If, if anyone has any ideas for season four, send them our way. Well, well isn't it a little late for that? Doesn't season four start imminently? Well, they could send it after they're going to listen to this maybe tonight. If you listen to this tonight, then you could email us or reach out to us on Twitter at Whaley Fam Family Hour. What's our Twitter? Why would I take ideas from some random rando when I can't even think of one myself? I, I don't know. But I guess it's worth a shot. Yeah. Let us know. Let us know what to do for season four. Otherwise, we'll just be back here tomorrow. Meanwhile, what's going on with all that merch? You got to buy the merch, people. I'll, I'm going to update the merch store, put some new stuff in there. Yeah. And check it out. Thanks for a great season. Arrivederci.